Well, welcome. My name is Leslie Millette. I am so happy to see all of you. Um, why don't we open with a prayer and get started? This is on, right? Yes. Okay, let me set up my time here. We have to be finished in 9.50, and we have so much to cover, so let's go ahead and pray. I think we can get done around 10. <laughs> uh, Heavenly Father, you are so good. You love us. You are sovereign. You are perfect. You are holy. You know each and every one of us. You know what we have been going through. You brought us here, Lord. You love us. And God, I pray, Father, that during this short time, we can laugh, we can cry if we need to, we can connect with one another, God. I pray that you would soften and open our hearts. Teach us what you want to teach us. Lord, help us to understand what you want us to understand. And I thank you so much for giving us minds, for giving us and putting us in a battle, Lord, and helping us, Lord, to know that we can win because we have you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. Well, let me just start with, I am in a battle. And let me tell you where I was a half an hour ago. Come on. I was in my car. Um, this might be, I don't think it's against the law, but. Putting on my makeup. Texting the rest of my lesson into my phone. Because I had changed it about five times, so I don't have it all together, and that's okay, <laughs> because in this world we will have trouble, but take heart, we will overcome, <laughs> because life is not perfect, and in this world we're just a passing through. <laughs> And we're going to get to the other side if we never give up and we persevere till the end. Amen? Amen. So the title of this lesson is, Girlfriend, the Battle is in Your Mind. And we say amen, amen. to that. So this is a primer, just a primer on godly thinking. And why is this important? Because in Ephesians 6.12 it says, For the struggle, our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I love strong women in movies. I, I don't know if you remember like the TV show Alias. Yes. And then there's a, there's a show called Covert Affairs and yeah. Quantico and a, an old movie called Point of No Return. Yes. Do you remember that? <laughs> There's so many faces here. It's good to see everybody. Cincinnati peeps. <laughs> and it was about, it's about these women who seem like they're normal, but they actually have these cool, like, CIA covert affair, and they can, um, you know, do all these cool moves. And when I was little, I loved Miss Piggy. Oh, yes. Now, yes. she's not good probably for your little, you know, kids or big people that you babysit because she's quite aggressive and she chops people and she beats people up. But I loved her because she was, she was pretty and she was cute, but she would like chop you and punch you. And she, she was tough. But if you're a disciple and you follow Jesus, this is what we are. We're aliens in this world. And 1 Peter 2.11 says that we're aliens. We're not meant for this world. We're meant for another world. 
And we're living in this world and we have God inside of us. We have the Holy Spirit in us. We have him. And um, I've always loved this scripture. Turn over real quickly into 2 Kings. Let's see, where am I at? 2 Kings. Oh, I didn't write it down, so let me just do what we all do. Google. Second Kings. I can't find it, so I'm just going to quote it. It's where Elijah tells the servant, maybe you'll find it, to open his eyes. 16. Perfect. Second Kings 16. 616. Okay. Second Kings 616. Yes. Somebody stand up and read that nice and loud for me. Don't be afraid of Go ahead. Amen. So this is... Yep. It says, Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open open his eyes and let him see. Wow. That's cool. (laughs) So I love this scripture because he's there and Elijah prays and God actually allows him to see the unseen world. And behind him are all these warriors. And can you imagine if God opened our eyes right now to what we could not see? What don't we see that's in this room right now? What don't we see when we're having our quiet times, when we're denying ourselves, when we're resisting the enemy? There, there is an unseen world that we're battling. And that if we could see it, maybe we would feel strong to continue to persevere. And the truth is, is we are in a battle, but the battle is in our mind. So that's why this is important. The battle is in our mind. And it's a primer, this class, on godly thinking. So point number one is think on what is true. Amen. Turn your Bibles to Verse, no, to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And we all know this. And we know this because it's important. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And I will read this. Okay. But before I read, I want to, if, if, if you feel up to it, to... Some of you, raise your hand, stand up, and share with me why you wanted to come to this class. Barbara? Uh, my mind is constantly... Can you stand up? <laughs> my mind is constantly telling me um, what Satan wants me to be as far as who I am or what I can do. It's constantly telling me what other people think of, of me. Yeah. Uh, constantly scatters my thoughts so I can't organize them. Um, constantly is telling me to have negative thoughts and, um, yeah. and just 
and he swirls my brain in such a way that I, and, and evil thoughts and sinful thoughts. Yeah. And, and sometimes just, yeah, discouraging. Yeah. Ashley. Sorry, what's your name? Olivia. Olivia? Olivia. Olivia. Where are you from again? And uh, where are you from again? Uh, I'm originally from Panama, but um, oh, yeah. I um, live in Northern Virginia. Okay, yeah, I've met you before. So the reason I wanted to come to the class is God has allowed me the opportunity um, after I became a disciple, I've been a disciple for about um, 23 years, <laughs> and um, to really go back and um, strengthen my sisters that Mm. And so I've had the opportunity to sort of um, publish books and go and speak at their conferences. And I feel like right now in my mind, God is trying to take me higher. Mm. But the lies that say that yes. are telling me are very strong. That's right. a huge need in the, in the Spanish speaking mm. um, group of sisters. And so when I saw the title, I was like, I don't know what, what you're going to speak about, but I know that. Here's a battle going on in my mind that yes. Satan is trying to prevent me from taking steps further uh, to continue to glorify God in my in, in, in the culture that, that I was raised in. So. Amen. Okay, maybe one more. Beth. Hi. <laughs> into the class um, and I was running in and there was a, a woman behind me and I said where are you going and she said the class and I said me too I'm speaking to the class and I was running I had this vision I texted my best friend and told her <laughs> Leslie's here last night what I was doing and my vision was I was totally organized totally at peace and in you know, present, enjoying my family, you know, <laughs> all these things, and then I'm I'm singing a solo on Sunday, which I had asked the whole region to pray about because I was like nervous, and um, so that was my total vision. But it it totally messed up everything, messed up, and I wasn't feeling well last night, and um, you know, so I was not feeling great about myself, um, and so it just. Anyway, so the enemy just started working in my mind, and I'm doing this class. Um, but then this morning, I started repeating God's words, and it, and it did boost me. But isn't that how the enemy works? Yes. He's working on all of us. And so this is a perfect 
title for all of us, and we're going to have to fight till the day we die. But I'm here, and I'm doing the class, and I'm singing tomorrow, and God will get the glory. So let's read Philippians 4, and we'll read this together. So, actually, I'll have somebody else stand up and read Philippians 4, 8 through 10, I think it is. Who wants to read nice and loud? Yeah, Kelly. Okay. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, yes. whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Amen. Okay, so I'm just going to break down just the first part, since this is a primer, and We'll talk about whatever is true, okay? But first I want to talk about depression a little bit, just some facts. So some form of depression affects, and this is an old stat, so it's probably more now, more than 17.5 million Americans each year. Depression can affect anyone, regardless of background. It strikes women as more, more than men. More than one in five Americans can expect to experience some form of depression in their lives. So many are experiencing this. So the Bible gives us the perfect solution to think on what is true. And what is true? What's the meaning? Well, it means truth. But truth is the opposite of lies. Right? Is there a command in this? What's the command? To think, to think about it, to ponder, to meditate. I've been meditating my whole life. Does anybody meditate? So let me restate that. I've been meditating my whole life. So recently, my daughter walks in, or she's 16 now, and says, are you talking to yourself again? And I didn't realize that's what I had been doing. But I will replay a situation in, in my life and I will talk to myself in the shower, in the restroom. I will have whole conversations about something that have happened and I will replay it and I will state what I would have said or how I will say it if I'm going to a meeting, how I, what I'm going to say and then I'll say like what the person, I will think I'll think what the person said and then I'll reply out loud. And so she has said, stop talking to yourself. So what is that? That is meditating. That is ruminating. That is playing something that is not real. Something that is not true. So meditating is not necessarily some new age weird thing. It's ruminating on something. So I am impressing something in my mind that's not true. That's not real. It has not happened yet. That's not good. That's disobedient to what the scripture is saying. That's not true. So I'm not doing what God says to do. So stating it in the negative would mean to not think on what is true or real. So sisters, stop thinking on things that's not true and not real. This can lead to anxiety, depression, 
bitterness that grows up and defiles many. Has this ever happened to you? Yes. Disobedience. Playing things out in your mind that's not true. So here's a few things I want to camp out on to think about. A, we need to think about what's true about God. Okay? You don't have to turn here, but you absolutely can. In Genesis 16, we need to think about what's true about God. God cares for us. In Genesis 16:11, and these are quick scriptures, but I just want to read these to show this. In 16:11 it says, let's see. This is Hagar. It says the angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael for the Lord has heard of your misery. So this is Ishmael. She got, you know the story. She got sent off. It seemed like does anybody care? Look what happened to her. She gets sent off by Sarah, the mother of our faith. Does anybody care? But God said, I have heard of your misery. God sees. God hears when it seems like he does it. In Exodus 2.24, the Israelites. Exodus 2.24. It says, Exodus chapter 2, yes. God heard, I'll start in verse 23. During that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out. And their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning. And he remembered his covenant with Abraham. So here's the Israelites. They were out there. They had felt forgotten about. But God heard their groaning. So even sisters, when it seems like, what is going on? Do you hear me? Do you see me? I'm all alone. I'm going through challenges. God hears. God sees. So we need to tell ourselves the truth about God. He cares for us. He cares for you. B, we need to tell ourselves the truth about God's word. 2 Timothy 3.15. Now we study the Bible with people and we read them this scripture. But we need to tell ourselves, ourselves, the truth about this. 2 Timothy 3, it reads, I'm going to start, yes, 15. And how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Do we believe that? How often do I 
Okay, what does Google say? <laughs> the all-knowing Google. <laughs> or what do I feel? How do I feel about it? What does my friend say? Leslie? <laughs> I got what do you think? But do we really believe the word of God? Is there to teach us, to train us, to rebuke us? It will give me everything I need and will thoroughly train me for everything. Amen? Amen. And lastly, we need to believe the truth about ourselves. Amen. God says in Romans 5, 8, There, we'll start in verse 7. We'll start in verse 6. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely, anyone will die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly bear to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He died for you. That means that we're precious we're important, and that's hard to comprehend. But that's who we are. So when God is saying, you messed up again. No matter how hard you try, Leslie, you just can't get your act together. <laughs> but God is saying, no, I know who you are. I know you're a mess, but you know what? You're precious to me. And I can still use you. <laughs> And you're still amazing to me. And you're my daughter. And you tell your story. And you use your gifts. And I've already prepared works in advance for you to do. Amen. So do you tell yourself the truth when the enemy is right there in your ear? When he's saying, you messed up. Nobody wants you. You're still single. Or you're a mess of a parent. Who ever feels like that? Or any other lies, you got to tell yourself the truth. Amen. This world is not my home. Amen. God is working through me. I'm not meant to be perfect. God is perfect. Amen. Do you tell yourself the truth about who you are in Christ? Amen? Amen. Point number two. You have an enemy. 1 Peter 5 verse 8. You have an enemy. First Peter 5, verse 8, it reads, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around looking, or like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. So you see all of us in this room. Yeah. We could have all raised our hand and said, this is what I think. Mm -hmm. And what's so, what the enemy does is tries to tell us that, well, she doesn't have that problem. Or look at her life. Like, surely she has it all together. But we're all undergoing the same struggles and the same issues, and we all have an enemy. Mm -hmm. 
And what does he say about him? Let's see. So he says that we need to be alert. But how does he explain him? Some things, if you do like a quick search, a Google search, what it says is, no, in the Bible, it says he's a lawless one. He acts as an angel of light. That's scary. He he has nothing to do with the truth. His native language is lying. He's the father of lies. He's the deceiver of the whole world. His goal is to kill and destroy us. He lives, the world lives in his power, and he is our accuser. That's what he does. He just accuses, accuses. He's described as a lion that prowls. So he's stalking. He's stalking. And he waits to attack. And lions look for young, weak, those of us that are alone, sick, tired. He doesn't play fair. He plays dirty. Right? So you can think about it like, do we have, yes. So maybe one or two of us can just share when do we feel most vulnerable to attacks? Does it fall into any of these categories? Tired, alone, yep. Yep, insecure. Yep. Yes, vulnerable. Yes. Grieving. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Not sharing what's on your heart. Yep. Not being open. Being in the dark. Yep. All those. Yes. Okay. So as a young Christian, for me, it was very obvious. Okay, I have this sin. You know, I have impurity or sexual morality or drinking. Those things are obvious. But now I've been a Christian since 1996. So he's not coming out like I'm the devil. You know. <laughs> he's like, you know what I mean? It's like. It's like subtle things. It's like things that seem, that's probably right. Like, I'm not doing enough of this. Or I should be better at that. So, and it seems right, but it's accusatory. So I have to be like, wait, is that right? <laughs> no, that's, that's not how God would talk, you know? So it's like I have to, he's tricky. I have to listen. So one of the things that I do, uh, uh, practical, I taught this to um, the women in our region, but different ways I pray, but I'm very intentional in prayer. One of the things that I do is I take time in my prayer, because the Bible says to be watchful and alert. And so I ask God, I take about five minutes and I ask God, um, help me God to see, to understand for today, how how do I need to be watchful and alert? Then I'm just quiet. And, and many times God will say, you need to be prepared for this or watch out for that. In our prayer, sister, we need to be quiet sometimes and ask of God, not just talking all the time. So consider what is your battle? So what's our battle? For though we live in the world... We do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we use, on the contrary, are not the weapons of this world, God says. In 2 Corinthians 10, 
3 through 5. It says they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Amen. That's 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. Write that down. So our thought life, we have to take captive. So I have a karate person, some people have heard about this, who's in my, who's in my mind, who comes out. I think I learned it from Miss Piggy. But when, when a thought comes out, the karate person will come out and do a whole karate chop. It's a, I'm a visual person. And they'll start chopping the thoughts away. And then they'll go away. But you have to really consider, how do, what do I do with those thoughts? You cannot let those thoughts just come in. So you have to, this is a battle. It's an active thing. It's a secret. No one sees it. It's a fight. It's a fight of life or death. It's not about what's going on that everybody sees. It's about what's in your mind. When you see whatever, the person you're attracted to. Or the sister you sometimes struggle with. Do you confess it in your prayer time? Every day. One of the things I do that's important that I recommend. Is say God search my heart for any unconfessed sin. And sit there. And I set one to five minutes. Search my heart God for any unconfessed sin. And I wait. And sin comes up. And many times there's things that I need to repent in. I need to go apologize. I need to make right. Or I need to apologize to God. And things come up and I see I was critical of this person. I was fearful in that situation. I was disrespectful. And I confess it to God and acknowledge it. Sisters, we've got to do that. We've got to acknowledge our sin before God and confess it and repent and make it right every single day. Amen? Amen. This is an active fight and battle. So the last point, because we need to learn how to do this, is point number three is use the right weapon. So let's learn from the master, Jesus, in Matthew chapter 4. Let's see how he did it. Amen. This is amazing. So when you have time, go back and, and look at um, Eve in the beginning with the serpent. And then we're going to look at Jesus in the beginning of his ministry with the devil, the serpent. It's pretty amazing. Matthew chapter 4. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 says to put on our full armor, right? There's one thing that is offensive in the armor. Does anybody know? Sword. That's right. And what is the sword? Sword. That's right. Hebrews 4 says the word of God is a double-edged sword. The armor, there's all these things. Shield of faith, buckle of truth. 
feet fitted ready for the gospel, and then there's the sword. It's the only piece of the armor that's offensive. That's the thing that we use to fight and to sift and to cut. We've got to use it. So we're going to see the master using it in Matthew chapter 4. And what's so amazing, we don't have time, but if you go back and you look at Eve with the serpent, bless you, he came and he knows the word. The enemy knows the word. And you go back and you look, he twisted the word. And she didn't know, she didn't either listen or know it or wanted to see what she wanted to see, because sisters, you know we could do that. <laughs> And she fell. So we must know the word. Our sword needs to be sharp. So that when he comes at us, we are knowing the truth, right? So let's see. This is, this is awesome. So Jesus tested in the wilderness. Verse, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Then the tempter came to him. So hungry, tired, struggling. Here he comes. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. So who do you think you are? You think you're a disciple? You're trying to run this race? Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The devil took him to a holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Go ahead, throw yourself down, Jesus. Kill yourself. They'll come. They'll, they'll rescue you. Jesus answered him. It is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And this I will give you, he said, if. You will bow down and worship me. First of all, we don't even know if he's telling the truth because the devil is a liar. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. You see that? So the enemy came and he came with the word. And Jesus knew the truth. So he came back strong with the truth. And what happened? Verse 11. Then the devil left him. And angels came and attended him. How awesome is that, right? So the devil's not coming to us like this. <sighs> you know what I mean? He's not. He's coming to us in these little thoughts and these little whispers that seem true. Well, you know, 
You are a disciple. What's, what's going on? Why aren't things going better for you? That's true. I don't know. I've been persevering for 15 long years. I don't know. Is it really worth it? Well, gee, wow, we're really persevering. No, we got to come back. With the truth. I will not give up, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said. I will not bow down. Right? What other lies does he say? Let's think. They're all a lie. You're not good enough. For what? <laughs> being a great parent. Being a great parent. Oh, oh. So let's play some games here. You're not good enough for being a great parent. What's the truth? What's the scripture? You're not a good parent. I can do everything through God who gives me strength. Get behind me, Satan. What's another one? What is it? I can't really hear. You just did it. You're awesome. Somebody else. <laughs> Give me another one. Where he says, and that is what we are, the sons of God. How great is the love of the Lord that he calls us his children. He calls us sons of God. Okay. Okay, you have to find the scripture and stand up and say it loud. Whoever. Yep. So what was the first one? You're not worthy of God's love. When you have it, raise your hand. And we gotta do it now. Okay. So what's yours? Isaiah forty. What is it? Oh, okay. So what is it? You're not worthy of God's love. Okay, come up. Come up. Come on now. You gotta whisper it. You're not worthy of God's love. But now, this is what the Lord says He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you, etc., etc., etc. to speak it in our mind or speak it out loud. This is how we've got to fight until the day we die. Because we affect not only ourselves, but everybody around us. And these words have the power to save. Jesus Christ, his words. Amen? So it is 952, sisters. 
It is time to go, but I just want to reinforce that God wants to give us life and life to the full. And we are in a battle and we have an enemy, but we have power. So let's stand up. We're going to read John 10, 10 together in closing. John 10, 10 together. Go ahead and turn your Bibles there. John 10, 10. We're going to use the right battles and win in the end. John 10, 10. Let us remember, one, two, three. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Amen, sisters? In Christ we can win the battle. Have a great day.